0: play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary
1: void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
0: you're listening to Stu's wrestling podcast on
1: northeast streaming sports this week's episode is a tribute to the life of joseph hudson who we know as josephus and more recently the question mark in the great power he passed away this past week And this episode is in memory of him. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer! Welcome, 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 it is episode 76 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast and my guest is coming all the way from Macon, Georgia, it's former ROH, bring of on a talent, Sal Renaro, who is now in NWA Power and we can't wait for NWA Power to come back, you'll we'll get to hear about Sal's career, he's been in the business for 21 years, what a career he's had. He wrestled in the NWA years ago for NWA Wildside. Some great stories. Compliments from the great Nigel McGuinness as well. They had several, many matches over the years. And um, Nigel McGuinness was very kind. You'll get to hear about what Nigel said to Sal. Just so much, so much good vibes from Sal. I'm very high energy, as you know, by listening and viewing the show, you get to see that every week, but Sal takes high energy to the next level. So, without further ado, my guest all the way from Macon, Georgia, in the good old US of A, it is Mr. Sal Renaro of NWA Power. Enjoy. My guest all the way from Macon, Georgia, it's a wrestling veteran. What hasn't this guy done? You're going to find out soon enough on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. It is Sal Renaro.
0: I am buzzing to have you on, man. Big oh, uh, still, I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. Uh, I got tons of stories, and like two or three of them were even flattering about me. So I'm glad to share them.
1: I, I am. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm a big fan, and uh, I've had, I've had several, several people from from the NWA Power Crew on. So it's just, it's just fantastic, man. Um, I want to ask what, what's been happening in in the last 12 months for you because NWA Power was rocking and rolling at the time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, it was. It, it's so crazy how untangible momentum is and yet it's everything and I know like especially for me, I'm a, I'm a guy on my back nine, so I've seen the ups and downs of a lot of companies and like you can feel the momentum uh, that last set of tapings like I remember sitting there in the, in the stands before they opened the doors thinking man, we're really hitting on something like there's something special here and then you know the bottom fell out um, hopefully you know soon we'll be back at least that's the words i'm told soon we'll be back uh the last 12 months you know when power went down i had just broken my arm uh so i was out actually out of action pre-pandemic yeah Uh, and uh so so everybody that was missing out on wrestling starting you know march i just had a two-month jump start on them which was a nightmare in itself but uh I, uh, I got cleared in April, and I've been picking up stuff here and there, mainly around the Georgia area. Uh, Georgia hasn't been as locked down as some of the other states. So uh, I've, been, I've been pretty active, uh, especially these last six months uh, with a co- couple different local companies. Uh, Luke Gallows has got his own little show that he's doing uh in in georgia and i've been you know gallows i've known i've known gallows basically since deep south so uh I've, I've known him a long time and he's uh he's always he's always really good to me and he's got me on his shows that's uh
1: that's larry also pro isn't it that one yeah yeah, yeah, man. yeah i know uh i know mac davis i'm I'm friendly okay, with yeah. i know mac I, very well
0: i actually uh if you ask mac davis about me there's a Oh, story! I mean, this is—we're talking 2002, I think, maybe even before that. Uh, we were doing a little spot show, and uh, this is—I had just won the NWA Wildside Junior Heavyweight Title, maybe two months before that. And the promoter had had hit me and a couple buddies up from Wildside and said, "Hey, we're going to do this invasion angle," and I was like, "Oh, how brilliant and original! You're a clever booker." Uh, <laughs> But, you know, we want to do an NWA wild invasion angle. And we're going to have you be the mouthpiece and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's cool. And so we, they snuck us in the back door to cut an in-ring promo. And he was like, I want it as vulgar and as nasty. And just, hey, I, I want you to give everybody the business because I want to start this thing off hot. I said, okay, that's fine. So we get in there and I start cutting this, this promo, you know, O2 was a different world. Oh, yeah. uh, but you know just uh, jabs and, and uppercuts and, uh, every punch you could think of I'm throwing at these guys and Mac Davis just happened to be one of the guys in the ring and I'm halfway through this diatribe and I I could just sense the room and I'm looking at these guys in the ring and I'm like something's not right here so I kind of you know like I kind of give my guys the you know like hey uh, let's let's cut this out a little quick So we leave and we circle around and go to the locker room and all the guys that were in the ring, including Mac Davis, bust through the locker room door and they're ready to throw hands. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. I just got the wrong end of the stick. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean any of this. I don't care. You could be, you're the best wrestling promotion in the world. I don't care. Why are we fighting? And I guess the promoter didn't smarten up any of the boys. So they think we're for real in here burying the company and burying their wrestling and i don't care (laughs) no 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 here you can have the junior title i don't care (laughs) please you win you're the best go ahead uh so that was my introduction to mac davis so
1: that 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 sounds like the wild west days you you were you were going in there like it was the 70s and 80s
0: (laughs) no absolutely and it's funny just because I, I was born and raised in California, so when I moved to Georgia and I got indoctrinated into the indie scene here, it was the definition of Wild West days, especially with the promoters that were still in that '70s and '80s mm-hmm. mindset, where you know, oh, you can't go wrestle here because you're my champion here, and then I mean, all of those all those crazy stories you hear. I experienced in the 2000s, and it's like, wait, none of that's not how this works anymore, guys. The internet's a thing. <laughs>
1: that's incredible, man. I want to go. I want to go right back, Sal. I know you've covered Andy Ray Wildside, but we will get back to that in a bit oh, more yeah. in a bit more length. When did you first see pro wrestling as a kid? What was your first uh, experience? I love asking the guys this. Yeah,
0: no. So I, I, I hate to be very blanket with this answer but i honestly don't remember my it, it was just a thing that was like i were I, I can't remember a time where i wasn't into pro wrestling uh, i i remember like some of my earliest foggy memories are are bam bam bigelow yeah. uh on on you know on superstars and things of that nature i mean i just you know uh as an eighty as an 80s baby you know kind of I, I was watching during that boom period, you know, like, I remember, I like, I don't remember watching WrestleMania three, I've been told that we got that pay-per-view, and you know, but I was, I was three at the time, so it's not like I was, I was glued in, but I mean, I, I just remember, I remember Saturday mornings at noon, that was, you know, I'd wake up, I'd watch my Saturday morning cartoons, and at noon on Fox was wrestling, and so it just, and that was just part of the routine, you know, Saturday. Saturday started for me after one o'clock. The rest of the, the rest of the morning was cartoons, cereal, and wrestling.
1: <laughs> we were. The, I was the same early nineties with it. We used to get it. It'd be it'd be the weekends, like obviously um, superstars, wrestling challenge. We did get a yeah. lot. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that from from fan perspective. That that was the kids. The kids don't get it like we used to get TV. I, oh, no. it's our, TV, crazy. our tv time back then was well better in the 80s yeah. and 90s
0: all right and i i try to i i've tried to i've got i've got three kids of my own and i've tried at length to explain to them like you guys just don't understand like what a treat saturday morning used to be like that's what that's what drove your whole week when you're on wednesday you're like oh i'm never gonna make it through this week you remember like oh there's a new Pee Wee's Playhouse Saturday morning. I can make it. I can get there. Uh, you know, or, or you know, the He-Mans or the Ninja Turtles. I mean, that's just that's yeah, just the, the stuff that was, you know, and then, and then, of course, you know, on top of all of that, then I got to see the real He-Man and the real, you know, then I got to watch wrestling, which was all the cartoons I watched in reality. Uh, now, you know, it's uh, now I'm a crazy old man. Get off my lawn. Kids with your your, your <laughs> cellular phones, but yeah, it's just it's it's funny seeing the different. Just thinking about the differences of what was and what's now. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm 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 so glad that I was able to come up in that era where I mean, I literally watched Hulk Hogan every week. I saw you know, I saw the flares. I saw all these guys in their prime, you know, and I just got to watch it, and not even understand why. I was watching it, you know, and, and and I'm a big Savage guy, so just oh, give the Savage
1: stuff. Oh my days! In in California, when you were there, when you were living there as a kid, did you go? Did you go to the shows? Did you go to the big shows? Yeah,
0: yeah, I went to the LA Sports. So, uh, my my, and I mean, this was a little later on, but uh, I was at WrestleMania 12 with Arrowhead Pond. Uh, still, my favorite. You know, like my buddy makes fun of me because you know that's my favorite WrestleMania, but it's. It's more because, like, I was a Shawn Michaels guy, too. So, like, the boyhood dream, that whole angle with, you know, him getting kicked in the head by Owen and then him coming back. I mean, that's talking about Pete fandom stuff because I was a Rockers guy. And then right when Shawn turned is when my mentality, you know, I started to get older. Mm -hmm. So I started to dig the heels Mm -hmm. more so. So I'm like, yeah, this is my dude. And so just to watch him go from the tag team guy to the Intercontinental guy, to chasing the heavyweight title, to finally getting this shot at WrestleMania, and I'm there, like, that will forever be, like, my, my like, what a great moment. Uh, but, great, and I tell him uh, this, too, you know, like, I was at WrestleMania 12, but I think I was actually seated higher than Shawn coming down to I mean, the Rats. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I was Boy. way up there. What a what a WrestleMania that
1: was! I mean, I've I've gone I've gone to seven. I've travelled over. But, okay, yeah. But for you to be there in in '96 for that, and Brett, um, I said this to Kyle a few weeks ago. I said it to everybody, Brett Hart is still my top guy, man. Even now, even now, man. I was I was there. I was at SummerSlam '92. I was at Wembley Stadium. Awesome. So That's I got, awesome. I got to see that is still one of my favorite matches. Him and him and Bulldog. Him and Bulldog Absolutely. man. That
0: was. Well, I actually just watched it. So uh, when when they started putting out all the old superstars on the network, I said I'd be a sucker not to go back and watch this. So <laughs> I've been watching. I've been chronologically watching all the superstars. So I just probably two weeks ago rewatched that SummerSlam. Oh man! Uh, and I mean, it, talk about a match that holds up.
1: Oh uh, uh, I, I was mean, just gonna just, say so good.
0: you could put that
1: you could put that on a card now and it wouldn't look out of place. A bit like that um sim- similarly, um I know him and him and Perfect had two standout matches, but going to SummerSlam ninety one, that still holds up. Um, oh, absolutely Brett, Brett, Brett and Piper at WrestleMania eight. So, what a match. What a Oh match. yeah,
0: yeah, well, And then I mean and like we said, circling back, Sean and Brett at WrestleMania. Oh, like, my days. You know, and that's one of those things, you know, like I remember, so I was 13 at the time, uh, in the crowd, losing my mind, you know, shit, the boyhood dream, you know, and I didn't get to hear the call at the time, but just, you know, Sean's on his knees, and he's holding that belt, and in my brain, like, I, I know I was was, I was I was clearly a hardcore fan at that point already, but that's kind of that moment where I was like, yep, that's it, I, I, there's no other option for me, I just, I've got to be a wrestler when I grow up. You know, like I talked about it but prior to it as a child. Like I remember in first grade, you know, the teachers, "Oh, what are you going to be when you grow up?" And one kid was going to be a dinosaur. And one kid was going to be, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I was going to be a pro wrestler. The teacher yeah. was like, "Yeah, that, that guy's probably got a better shot of being a dinosaur." <laughs> but WrestleMania 12 was kind of—I mean, it's is the accumulation of all of it for me, where I kind of walking out. The, the doors that day, I kind of knew, like, oh, there's... I, I'm screwed. This is it. Like, <laughs> I gotta be a wrestler.
1: More power to you guys doing it. I, idolise, I idolise you all being in the business. I truly, I mean that hand on heart as well for you, for you to do it as a career and to put food on the table. And you know the business, the business has had its ups and downs like anything, hasn't it? So I, te- testament to you, the length of time you've been in there. Sal, any other guys that stood out for you? Maybe some tag teams. I know you said about the Rockers.
0: Yeah. With, so like there's all sorts of it's funny like because even as a kid like there were some heels i always dug and now as an adult i've understood why but like so i loved rick rude just love i was so enamored with rick rude and it's it was because he always changed his gear like i'm a big gear guy and like you know he always had the robes and he always had new gear so like a guy like rick rude uh like i said the rockers i you know i uh this is a big secret that, you know, I I try not to share with many people, but I always dug demolition more than the Legion of Doom.
1: That's, Uh, that's, I I love Legion of Doom, but I, I I met, I I met demolition back in uh, 2015. Great guys. But yeah, I, oh yeah, I agree. I agree. They all, they were up there, man.
0: Yeah. Axe lives here in Georgia. So I've done, you know, the last 10 years, I probably run into him four or five times a year. And he's always such just a good dude. And like, in in my adulthood like so like i'm such a big fan that new generation is really just kind of like for whatever reason i love the new generation that's just really my 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 bread and butter era like i mean savage will always be savage and that was the guy you know in hogan and uh but like that new generation era nobody could be bad i loved everybody so like uh i'm a big bob Backlund guy crazy bob Backlund it's such good television. <laughs> and uh as a as a christmas present a few years ago my buddy gifted me a best of bob backland uh set and it had him versus a uh, mass superstar in a cage wow. in the garden. My and so i got the chance to talk to you know like when i was yeah. talking i was on one of those shows with axe and i was like hey man uh actually this, this is a two-part story i'll get into it it's a funny story but uh with the first, one of the first shows I saw him on, you know, I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, know, yeah, I know this means nothing coming from me, but like, I just watched you and Backlund in the cage at the garden. And that stuff is so good. He was like, man, and, like he was, he almost seemed taken aback. He was like, everybody only wants to talk to me about my demolition days. But, yeah. Like I had this whole career before it. And like, I'm genuinely proud of that match. So thank you for saying that. Like that, that means a lot to me, but uh, I say, it's funny. So on that same show, I used to run with Jimmy Rave. Jimmy Rave and I, had best friends. I mean, he was the best man at my wedding. Uh, I, I've just known Jimmy forever. Jimmy's, you know, kind of my wrestling father. Uh, I say father, but I'm older than him. But I digress. Uh, but I mean, he was—he's like he was like my guy. Uh, and so, for a long time, the Assassin uh, 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 Hamilton, Jody Hamilton. Mentored me for whatever reason. He just, he just, Jody Hamilton fell in love with me and would always get me booked on his weird shows and Deep South and this, that, and the third, and always pulled me aside. Great guy. But for whatever reason, Jody Hamilton was a fan of mine. Well, we also had a buddy named Kyle Matthews, who Ted Allen, uh, one of the nightmares, was the, that, that became his wrestling dad somehow. And so the big rib was hey, we've got these masks. Guys that are our wrestling fathers, Jimmy, we need to get you a mass wrestling dad. You got to be part of the group, man. Only the cool kids have masked wrestling. <laughs> so when we saw we were booked for this show, I was like, Jimmy, here's your chance. You can be mass superstars wrestling son. It all makes sense. And uh, and Jody was there, too. So I was like, we've got the end. Like, we will use Jody to get the superstar. This is a no no-lose no situation. Well, at the same time, Jody was also telling me he wanted to be more serious in the ring. You know, a little less gaga, more and more, you know, focusing on the body part and old school style. Well, Jody, so Jimmy and I have laid out this match because I just happened to be working Jimmy that night. So Jimmy and I worked out this match where it was more aggressive, more hard hitting, more mat based. And then at intermission, Jody and Superstar left. Said Jimmy, change your plans. <laughs> and we went back to our, you know, I'm not a chicken and the gaga <laughs> stuff. Uh, but and funny enough, so that night there was no barricades around the ring. And uh Jimmy at this time, he was already he was doing the, the rock and rave stuff in TNA. Yeah, and remember, so, it, remember it well. So, so yeah. he's a he, he was the babyface that night because he's trying to sell eight by tens. And hey daddy, let's let's move you some eight by tens. So Jimmy and I do this 20 minute match, you know, and we start off with the gaga, but then we get into the bing, bang, boom, the, you know, the high spots, this, that, and the third. And at the end, he hits me with the finish one, two, three, and the people rush the ring. And they, you know, and not, not in anger, they're celebrating, but everybody's on the <laughs> apron, slapping the ring. And Jimmy's like celebrating this moment, like, like a gladiator. And I'm like, Jimmy, how am I going to get out of here? Pipe Piper, go take these people away so I can slip out the back door.
1: It's incredible, man! It's a good, I'm gonna get. I want to get back to you. Spoke. You spoke about NWA Wildside. I thought that. Yes. I thought that'd be a good starting point because that was obviously early in your career. And and how how was it being junior heavyweight champion there? And we did. We we got we got NWA Wildside on the wrestling channel. Oh, very cool. For round round oh two oh three. So I I can
0: remember some of it. So one of the reasons I moved to Georgia, and it's crazy, just, I don't consider myself a smart person, but every once in a while I have an idea, like, Hey, that's a good one. So when I was 15, I was already out on my own as far as, you know, I wasn't living at home. Uh, there was just a bad situation. So I was, I was already training and I was already out on my own. Uh, this is in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandmother and my grandfather both lived in Georgia. My grandfather had Parkinson's disease, and my grandma got sick, and they they needed help. And I had this great idea that, hey, man, WCW is based in Atlanta. You know, this is this is '98. I'm like, yeah, they got a cruiserweight division. If I want to get in, like, this, is, I've got a better opportunity of getting a job there than I do with WWE at this point. You know, I'm I'm am at this point, you know, I'm, I'm 15 years old and probably not 100 pounds yet. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to move to Georgia so I can get on with WCW, right? That's that's what every 15-year-old should have. <laughs> That's just what a great thought. So I loaded up the truck and I moved <laughs> out east. Uh, and at that point, WCW had a... They ended up having a full developmental deal but they had a working relationship with with Wildside. so i said that's the place i gotta get on i want to get on there because you know that's that's my that's the next step get on there get over there then you can start the wcw thing well of course as as luck has it wcw folds its doors but uh I was lucky enough to, you know, get into Wildside before then. So, like, I got to do, a but, like, my, one of the most vivid memories is one of my first Wildside shows I do. I walk up these rickety old stairs because Wildside was in a church that was about this big. Uh, it, was, it was an old abandoned church that they put a wrestling ring in and said it's an arena. Uh, and it's crazy to think about some of the names that have walked through those doors. But, like, the first day I walk up the rickety old steps and the first person I run into is Bob Sack. And he's, wow. he's sitting down and changing and he's still eight feet taller than me. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> uh, I just screamed hello and waited until the echo got to him. Uh, but like that night, it was uh Jindrak and stays Jindrak and Stasiak versus Palumbo and O'Hare doing a, they were doing a dry run of the tag title match. They were doing the next night at Superbrawl. You know, so, like, I'm watching a pay-per-view match in front of 14 people in a right. tiny <laughs> church. It was unreal. But, like, Wildside is, I have some of my favorite memories are, are there at Wildside. And I still have friendships to this day because of my time spent there. I mean, it was just, w- talk about learning, learning as you go. I mean, you know, because it was, it was so opposite of everything I had been taught because it was always this is a TV product, find your hard cam, work the roaming cam. The live audience is secondary to your cameras where it's a TV, it's a TV. And I was like, no brother, let's just grab us a hole and get some pro wrestling. in." And so like, it totally changed the way I viewed how to pro wrestle. Uh, And it was, when I was getting in, there was, there was the established guys there, but there was such a swell of younger talent that was just burst, just waiting to come through. And, uh, you know, so we all got to learn together. We all got to experience together. But, like, John Phoenix and Jason Cross were were kind of the established guys there. And they're, like, John Phoenix to this day, you know, I talk to John Phoenix every day. He lives in Tallahassee. I mean, he's like like my go-to guy for everything. Jason Cross, I just talked him into working out at the gym with me again. I mean, this is a guy that's doing shooting star leg drops. You know, like, shoot, like that's not a real thing. That's that's not what gravity lets you do, buddy. Like I'm struggling to do a standing tuck, and you're doing shooting star <laughs> leg drops. Um, and, but uh, you know, and then on top of that, you know, you got like you know, like AJ, who like I still every time I see AJ, it's it's like I saw him yesterday. You know, it's a it's big hugs and talks and jokes and. Uh, and it's just so many. It, it, to this day, I still like will be told like, "Oh, you remember that time?" You know, John Moxley was at Wildside. Like, no, he wasn't. And people will pull up cards like, oh there he was." Wait, what? Not, yeah. Or like Kenny Omega, or, or you know, it's just insane the number of people that walk through those doors. Uh it, unreal. Why? I, I just on my Facebook, I just posted one of my all-time favorite Wildside memories. Uh, so we did an angle where I was doing, uh, a finishing move at the time. I called it the Phoenix Fury leg drop. It wasn't a leg drop and it was called Phoenix because John Phoenix was my dude. And it had nothing to do with anything other than the name popped to me. So I was like, "Ah, oh, it's a Phoenix Fury leg drop. Uh, well, we did an angle where it got banned. And so, uh, I did a petition and like, this is talk about guerrilla shooting. It was literally me, a cameraman and a camera going into the city with a, a blank checklist, you know, like I'm trying to get this petition signed to bring back the Phoenix Fury light drop. Who wants to sign it? You know, these people are looking like, what is this crazy man babbling about? But the whole angle was finally I I come I, I plot this scheme, like, oh, I'll just I'll just fill in the names and I'm gonna call Bill Barons out to the ring. Cause he's the NWA representative and I'm going to make bill be the last guy to sign the petition to bring the move back. Well, that's all that I was told, Hey, we're going to go. We're going to go gorilla shoot this. Nobody's going to sign it. You're going to pretend to sign it. And then, you know, bill will bury it. And we'll move on. Like, all right, cool. So I go out to the ring and it's just one of those, I, getting to work off somebody so well so Bill's in the ring and he's like oh well Sal I don't think uh, I don't know how accurate these these names are and I was like Bill well, come on like, would I ever tell a lie like come on Bill and so unbeknownst to me he starts reading off names just to pop me so it's all sorts of just like little inside jokes. So he's like the gobbledygooker. I'm like, yeah, of course the gobbledygooker signed my petition. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and he, he he lists off He-Man and Skeletor. And I'm like, Bill, you you pull it's, that in. it's so important <laughs> that this move is in business that both sides of good and evil are signing up to do this. You know, and like I said, this is all improv. This is total off-the-cuff stuff. I don't know these names are coming at me. And so finally, Bill, <laughs> two weeks prior to this, I had just wrestled Coco Beware, uh, and which was like, oh, my God, I'm wrestling Coco Beware. This is the coolest. And so in the locker room, I had asked Coco, like, hey, man, like, you know, uh, where's Frankie? And he he's he like, hey, actually, uh, Frankie's dead. What? He goes, yeah, I was at church with the family. I came home. There was a fire. Frankie was inside. And he didn't make it, you know. And I'm like, oh my God, this is heartbreaking. This, I'm so sorry I brought this up. I I wish somebody would have told me that Frankie had died. Well, so I'm working Coco that night, right? And I'm the obviously I'm the heel. So I'm in the ring and I'm, you know, I'm a bad guy, I'm a bad guy. And Coco comes out to the high-energy music, and he's doing the bird, I'm like, this is great. And Coco gets the live mic and he goes, Hey, I know everybody's wondering, where's Frankie? Well, Unfortunately, I was at church, there was a house fire, and Frankie didn't make it. And then Coco looks at me and goes, and he's the guy that set the fire. And I was like, oh my God, why did I do that? Oh no, I'm, like, oh, no, I'm not even hot at myself. So, uh, so Bill's running down this list of guys, and finally he goes, well look, it looks like Coco Beware signed this petition. But it also looks like Frankie signed this petition, and I know Frankie couldn't do that because Frankie's dead. I was like, oh no. You know, so he, but just, just the inside jabs that he was taking at me, it really, that's one of my all time favorite wild side memories. And I was so fortunate to be a part of that locker room with all that crew. I mean, just like I said, so many times, so much talent, Uh, uh, especially, I mean, especially, it's so weird because it's just a, a, a hole in the wall, little abandoned church in the middle of northeast georgia that if you looked it up on a map the map would laugh at you you know like uh but wild was a great time give you did it give you that
1: grounding early on with with, oh, with I, them yeah yeah
0: absolutely the thing is it it was great because it was it, first and third saturday of every month so i didn't have to hustle for bookings i knew i knew i was where i was going to be I knew that I was going to have something good to do. And like Bill Bill understood even more so than I did. Because I started in Wildside at 17. So it's not like I, you know, like I had all sorts of of learning to do. Not that I don't now. I still do. But just he was able to utilize me in so many different ways that I didn't even know I was. Even at the time, I didn't even understand why or what i was doing but you know like i was able to i i have the gift of gab so like i was able to manage a lot of guys so like when ray gordy came in you know this was son of terry gordy Mm. you know but he wasn't the best on the mic and so bill stuck him with me and it was just like hey you're gonna be you're gonna be his representative and i had no idea like i didn't grasp what i was doing just that i was doing it and you know, when we finally got to the point where he wisened up and turned on me and he finally gave me that first punch and the crowd popped, I was like, oh, wow. You know, like I didn't even, I didn't even understand it. I was just being a goofball and, you know, like with Ray, I got to do, you know, so like I, was, I my favorite promo with Ray, we did a backstage where I did the Zach Morris timeout and I slipped out the back door and, you know, like he came about. Uh it just little things to pop me, you know, like where I, you know, I, I used to hard sell that, Ray, I love you. I mean, come on, everybody loves Raymond. And am I am I right? You know, just things like that. But like I didn't get why we were doing it or what we were doing. But like I said, once he finally gives you that shot and the crowd goes nuts, like, oh yeah. Or like Bill would let me do commentary, and I didn't I you know, at the time I was kind of down because I was like, Man, I want to work. I'm a wrestler, I want to go wrestle. And I'm like, oh, you're doing commentary tonight. I was like, oh, this is the worst. But now, you know, mm-hmm. fast forward 20 years, like, oh, wow. You know, that's mm-hmm. just another thing I, I can offer a promotion. Like, oh, yeah, I can manage. I can talk. I can do backstage. You know, so, like, it's it was such a good learning ground. Uh, and it helped me out so much.
1: I like I like the fondness you speak with your time there. I think to seg- segue now into Ring of Honor, and when you, when you were in Ring of Honor, you were part of Special K, but you were known, you were known as Mallow, you weren't known as Sal Renaro initially. Am I right here?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that came about, I mean, I talked about Jimmy earlier. That was one of those Jimmy things where they were, they were doing a show in Dayton and Jimmy just didn't want to go alone. So he was like, hey, Sal, tag along. Absolutely. So uh, I showed up and Gabe was like, oh, man, I, you know, I'm a fan of your work. Do you mind doing a Special K spot tonight? I said, no, not at all. Uh, you know, that'd be great. And uh, I just happened to be wearing a Carmelo Anthony jersey because uh, I was a Carmelo Anthony fan. And so uh, the the whole deal that night was Special K was going to have a special enforcer. So, you know, out rolls Special K and me. Like, yeah, here I am, special enforcer. And then, you know, seconds later, out comes Abyss, uh, <laughs> who's a little more enforcing than I am. Uh, but, like you know, like, uh, so I got to do the Special K thing, which like, again, that's one of those things where I, I kind of lucked into the spot, but like, it worked out really well for me, when we, especially when we did the Special K blow off. We did the Carnage crew in the cage match, and I got to eat two bionic elbows from Dusty Rhodes. Just incredible, broke a cane over my head, like, wh- what is happening? Like, this is Dusty Rhodes, <laughs> like, why are you elbowing me? In? How cool is this? <laughs> Uh, and again, and it it reminded me a lot of that whole locker room was so ready to take over the wrestling world, and it seemed so unreal at the time that uh these guys could you know, but I mean, it's especially that that show I was talking about, that's the one uh, from Elizabeth Town where it was Jay versus Joe in a cage. Oh
1: my days! And, I
0: mean, it just yeah. I mean, just the if the litany. Be- yeah, just the litany of guys that were on I mean, you know, it, it speaks for itself now, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, just you look at the ring of honor rosters and it's just like, oh, this is literally where everybody came from. <laughs> if you wanted to be somebody, you, know, you
1: just go there first. Do you know from a fan perspective, Sal, do you know, what I liked about it the the camera the camera in back in the early days of ROH, that rawness that you got. Yes. You know, it was in it was in a gym, it was maybe in a high school gym somewhere, but you got that it was just different and it, it was so it was so cool how it was shot so rawly but you have that you have the commentary and you had the guys as you say and yes.
0: no, it, it's it's funny how it feels different and yeah. I, i'm real big on telling i tell kids all the time this like different's not bad i'm not all for doing different just for being different but being different doesn't isn't a bad thing at all it's okay to have a different feel and you know Ring of Honor was, was that way. NWA Power was the same way. Whereas it was a different feeling. You know, WWE is WWE and it's always going to be that monster. And, you know, I grew up on it. I still watch it. Like my son watches it. Like that's our big bond. One of, one of my big our bonds is, you know, watching Raw, watching the pay per views, this, that, and the third, you know. And it's so clean and so crisp and so perfect. And that's not bad. That's just what they want to present. But there's also the, the rawness, like you said, the, the realness, the just the different gritty aspects of like a power or a ring of honor, where it's not glitz and glamour and pretty, and it's not your best china that you bring out to impress the guests. It's the paper plates that you put out to eat on every day, but you still like it, you still love it. Absolutely, man. And then
1: fast forward in a bit, you were you were a tag team champion with Tony Mama Luke. I call it. Yeah. That- I couldn't remember this. This is me doing a bit of research as well on top of what I already knew. I thought that was cool. Tony Mamaluke, ECW alumni. Oh
0: yeah. So so Mamaluke's one of those guys uh, that came to Wildside. He after ECW folded, Mamaluke was living in in uh, in Atlanta. He had moved down to Atlanta, so he was a Wildside staple. And uh, I'm almost a hundred percent sure he hated me uh, <laughs> because I was always asking him about. You know, hey, what was you know? Remember that time you and you and Guido worked to Jerry and Mikey? Tell me all about it, you know, or just whatever you know. Uh, but just getting to team with him, like I tell people this a lot. So Mama Luke and I have a great relationship now. I love Tony. We talk sports. Uh, he, you know, he's a good like, Tony. Mama Luke's a great dude. When we were teaming, it was like. Cooking oil and sex oil. They're both great when they're used properly. (laughs) You don't want to mix them up. You you want to use them in the proper application. And He he and I would fight over every, you know, like, uh, I pitched that our team name be sports and entertainment. And this is, you know, this is 05. This is before it was hard. Sports, entertainment, sports, entertainment. I wanted us to be sports and entertainment because he was the, he was the map-based technical, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grind you to the mat. And I was more of the the, the outspoken, flamboyant, you know, character. So I thought, ah, oh, that's a good blend. And he was like, hate it. We're going to come out to the Rocky theme. I'm going to have the Italian flag. We're going to have yellow, white, and green tights. And I was like, all right, man, that works. Uh, but, like, that that night in New York, you know, like, so we won the tag titles the same night as Joe and Kobashi. Yes. So like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is already one of the biggest nights of my life. Just like getting to be in the building for that was special on a completely different level. Just, uh, and just absolutely nuts. But at that point I was fortunate enough to, cause we, our match wasn't even advertised. It wasn't an advertised match. If you if you saw like the news wire going into that show, mm-hmm. it was going to be me versus Tony Mamaluke. Well, they we shot an angle that in ring where Mama Luke says, "You know, I don't want to team with you." They've got an open contract for the tag titles. What say you? I'm like, why not? I'm already here, right? So uh, we wrestled BJ Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs that night, and we had I mean we had we had a really good match. I really enjoyed it. And it's one of the first times in my career where I was able to, we hit the, we hit the finish one, two, three. And there was this hushed silence and it was really weird. And I kind of wasn't in my own head. I kind of experienced it with the audience where there was just, just this hushed silence. And I kind of looked around and then one guy started clapping. And then there was this slow build to this really big pop. Like, Yeah, we just saw a title change. And I remember standing, like, this is the Manhattan Center. It's New York City. I just won the tag. You know, like, how many shows have I seen from the Manhattan Center at this point, you know? And here I am holding the Ring of Honor tag title next to an ECW legend in the, man like, holy unreal moment, you know? And, like, I was able to just take that second and drink in this reaction. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is this is what it's all about, right? He, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. What a what a surreal moment! And then like the litany of guys that they lined up for us to work with. I mean, we worked like homicide and Ricky Reyes. We worked uh, Milano and uh, Milano Collection Eighty and Colt Cabana. I mean, we like we had a lot of really good title matches and defenses. Uh, and it was just you know, and then our, our the we we lost them at final battle to Roderick and and Austin. So it's just like I said, like so much talent I got to share the ring with. It's just an unreal time. Should have been, I think, on a world scale,
1: it should have been bigger, bigger. It, it should have been. It was big. I'm not taking it away. It was it was incredible, man. I loved it as an alternative, as you say. Oh, yeah. And and it was like you, you were seeing CM Punk, you know, and you could you could just tell you could tell a mile off when WWE signed him. I know he was down in um, yeah, yeah. OVW and stuff like that. You could just tell everyone. Everyone was so talented, man. And it was uh, it was great for us. And as you say, you getting to see Kabashi, uh, you know, integrating integrating, yeah, yeah. integrating the Japanese into it. What a great what a great time for for you as workers and us as fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, and this thing is like uh, one of the reasons Dave really took a liking to me is because he knew where he could find me during shows, and that was at the curtain. Because, like, I was still like, I can't believe I'm on these shows. Like, if I, if I, like, <laughs> I, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, look <laughs> at how good all these guys are. You know, like, yeah. I, mean, just, I mean, like, Brian, uh, oh, Dan- you know, so Daniel Bryan, I mean, like, I will, I will fist fight people he is the best pro wrestler of his generation if that's not a slight on anybody else like like i said before like i'm friends with aj so like yeah mom. I, I, oh. I, I, i've seen all the talent like there's there's there is what a great boom period for in-ring oh, wrestling I mean, just... but i don't think there's anybody in this generation better than brian i've seen him do so many just such a wide array of things and able to make it more like i just I can't say enough good things about Brian and like fast forward 20 years, like I'm in Daniel Bryan's book, which is weird to me. Like my name is in a, Uh, but just like, so that's where Dave would find me is at the curtain. Cause you know, like I'm watching, like I couldn't soak in enough. Like, look at this. I'm, I'm getting paid to be here to watch this. Like I would buy these DVDs. (laughs) Like don't tell anybody, but like, (laughs) I'm, I'm pulling a fast one on the company because they're giving me money to watch this stuff.
1: <laughs> Incredible. I'd say another guy, and obviously he, he, he this is another guy. I felt, I felt so bad when his career was cut so short and it was looking like, you know, he was getting to the elite level. Nigel McGuinness. Oh. And obviously on, on a, for, for us in the UK, I got to see all of it through Ring of Honor. Yes. And uh, what a guy. Under, underrated, should have done more, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, Nigel actually gave me one of the... It was one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me. Uh, so I worked, Nigel, at the ROH TV tapings in, uh, in Philly. And I've worked him 100 times before. And like, Nigel and I always got along. Uh, I, he's just he's just a great human being. On top of the fact that he's really super good at pro wrestling, uh, but I I I did a uh, a TV one of the TV tapings at the at the ECW arena, which again here I am wrestling at the ECW arena, unreal. But uh, I had wrestled Nigel on night one, and I think I did something with Brian the second night, and then in between that set of tapings. And the next set of tapings is when it was announced, oh, Brian's signing, Nigel's signing. They're both going to WWE. And so, you know, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, it's about time. This, this took too long. But as a person, I was like, man, I'm losing my friends. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, but Nigel, Nigel pulled me aside and he goes, hey, man, uh, I just want to let you know, like, my, one of the matches that caught their eye was my TV match with you. And I was like, Ah, get out of here! You know, okay, you got it, Nigel. Sure, wanna you know? And, and John Lennon's a big fan of mine too. Get out of my face! <laughs> you know, like, I I like jokes, and he's like, No, for real! Like he said, he, he said, you know, I, they were interested before. He said, but the right person just happened to be watching the TV, and just happened to watch that match. And I'm, you know, like i, I I'm in there with Nigel. I could have just been a a broomstick and he would have had the same match. I'm not taking any credit, but he was like, I just want to let you know, like, you know, I appreciate it. Like you really did a lot for me without trying. And I'm like, okay, Nigel. And he's like, no, I'm dead serious. Like, I really appreciate what you did. You know, like, you know how to make guys TV ready. And I was like, oh, well, what do you, thanks. What do you say to that? Like all right, well, you have my blessing, son. Go be super famous. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the, the chips kind of crumbled the way they did, and I, I genuinely hate it for him. But, like, I just ran into him not too long ago, and he's still in great spirits. I mean, you know, like,
1: He's got a, he, he, he's got a good gig and and do you know what he is fantastic on commentary. He's
0: really good. Right? Yeah, as he's
1: really, as is really as as is Stu Bennett. I know he's gone back. I know he's gone back his way. Barrett to WWE, but it was great seeing him on Power. But those two guys, two great guys, flying the flag for UK and uh, they oh, are yeah. fan, they are fantastic. At call calling the matches, man. They yeah, are. And, um, and as a guy from UK, how stupid is it that neither one of them were ever world heavyweight champion? I know. Like, I mean, <laughs> It's, I'll go. I'll, I'll go back further. Sal Bulldog should have been world champion. Oh, and it
0: never happened, I, yeah, and absolutely. it never happened. And it's just like I, mean, no, I thought. For you know, the first time, you saw you see Barrett on NXT. I mean, like the, the minute that guy. you know, I watched NXT obviously for Brian. The, the first yeah, you yeah. know the pilot episode. Absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm tuning. Well, I'm tuning in anyways because it's WW It's a new wrestling show. Like whatever, I'm gonna watch it. But like, oh, Brian's on it that's but like you see this giant man with the crooked nose and this, like yeah. oh well he's going to be champion in three years there's just no doubt about it i uh, would talk about can't miss i don't understand <laughs> and so like i got to work with Stu at nwa uh i got to do commentary with him and yeah. again like that's one of those things where like especially in my older age like when i get to do something that i can call home and tell my kid about and he pops I know i'm on the right path you know so like i got to tv that day and i you know i'm looking at the run sheet and it's like oh yeah sal out on commentary with with uh joe Galley and bennett and i was like oh. you know i call my son i'm like you know hey i don't care if you're at school right now this is more important put, <laughs> put your pencils down dude Oh yeah. <laughs> This math is never going to help you out, but this news—I'm going to do commentary with Bad News Barrett. Everything, everything he was given. A
1: look at the Bad News Barrett thing. Oh
0: yeah,
1: that, that, that was, was like so a, good. That was the hottest segment of the show. Some weeks, ago. Yeah. I know, that, I know. Absolutely. That whatever they, whatever they gave him, he could do it all right. But the league, the League of Nations, it was a bit iffy. That I, that didn't it, get over. But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But everything, everything that guy's been given. To oh him, no, he's he's he money
0: up. Yeah. He's a money guy. And and again, he's one of those guys that like, even afterwards I was like, Hey, you know, when we did the commentary thing, I was like, everything. Okay. And he was like, Oh mate, you know, uh, you, you gave me something to feed off of. You were able to talk, you know, it was great. I'm just like, dude, I don't know if you know who you are, but like, (laughs) this is awesome. This is a big deal for me. So like, uh, it's still, I mean, uh, I'm 21 years into wrestling. Like I just realized this a couple days ago that like my wrestling career is old enough to legally drink. Uh, I don't know if that's awesome or depressing. I'll get back to you on that, but like it's still the little things like that. where like guys that I view as like supremely talented and eight levels above me when they say like, Hey man, yeah, no, you're good. Like that still takes me back. Like, Oh wow.
1: That's, that's really cool. So so, was I think this is a perfect way to segue into NWA Power now, man. And uh, Kyle, Kyle touched upon a story. Now I spoke to you about this yesterday. Yes. I, give, I give you a little tidbit of information. Sean Mooney was on a few of the shows, and I, yes. I am like you and Kyle, nostalgia. He was the man, the event center, all of that. What was your story with Sean Mooney backstage that day at NWA Power at the taping?
0: Okay, so. <laughs> uh at the time, it, whatever the date of the taping was, uh, we were sitting. Uh, we were sitting in the in in the stands, waiting for the show to start. I mean, call time was super early, so Kyle and I, maybe somebody else, we're just you know talking up life, blah blah blah. I've known Kyle forever. Kyle's a great friend, hmm. so we're we're talking up life, and for whatever reason, it dawned on me. I said, "Hey, man, what whatever happened to that Squared Circle show we were doing?" And Kyle goes, oh, we're, we're still shooting it. I was like, oh, okay, I just haven't heard anything. He goes, wait. You haven't heard who the new host is, have you? I was like, no, who? And he goes, Sean Mooney. <laughs> wait, what? The Sean Mooney? He goes, yeah, he's here. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> you can lie to me about a lot of things. Don't you just throw Sean Mooney's name out there and expect me not to punch you in the mouth if you're lying. He's like, yeah, he's somewhere backstage. So instantly. I'm up and out. I'm I'm I'm, I'm on this one man manhunt for Sean Mooney, and I'm you know tearing through every corridor. Like uh, one of my favorite parts, so I bust through the the backstage door, and there's uh, Sandow, uh, uh, Aaron, yep. Aaron Stevens, yep. and he goes, "Hey, are you okay?" And I go, "Dude, Sean Mooney's here." He was like, "What?" I was like, "I know, right?" Yeah. He's like, "Where?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm looking for him." And he goes, "Well, let me know because I want to talk to him." I was like, "Exactly." Yeah. It's a freaking movie. Oh, mom. So I'm—I mean, I'm everywhere I could think of. I mean, and it's almost sitcom-like now when I go back and think about it. Because I'm here, I am like running down the hallways, and there's Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson yeah. to my left. And Homicide and Eddie Kingston to my right. And I'm Heisman stepping up and trying to, you know, bust through the line. Because I'm just trying to find Sean Mooney. And I can't find him. And I'm like, man, Kyle lied to me. Kyle's a dirty liar. And keep in mind, Kyle's behind me in my smoke because I couldn't move fast enough. And so finally, I turn a corner and bam, Mooney. And I was like, oh my God, it's Sean. I like, oh, Sean thank you so much for raising me because my father wasn't there. You're literally the guy that told me everything I needed to know about life. You're saying, and I still, I still have the pictures of my phone uh, of me and like, I could not believe it. Like that's one of those where thanks to the network, my son, my son, my youngest, my eldest son doesn't care about wrestling. Can't stand it. I think it's because I was, on the road a lot when he was a baby. Yeah. So he's bitter, kind of. Yeah. Uh, not 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 outwardly bitter, but it's no, just no. like he wanted, thing. Dad.
1: he wanted his stop home.
0: Yeah. But my youngest son is all in. I mean, he reminds me so much of me. He's 10 now. And uh thanks to the network, he's aware of who Sean Mooney is. So like that was one of those Jacob, Jacob, Sean Mooney's here. He's like, What? <laughs> Sean Mooney. I was like, I know, Sean Mooney. <laughs> and uh he's like i just like i could have probably talked to him for 700 hours and he was like i got work to do i was like i don't care (laughs) (laughs) i need to know everything about everything talk to me just sell me on nails and boss man do it like let me know what's going on man uh just like so cool you know like but here i am a grown man tearing through locker rooms like an insane person just because I want to see Sean Mooney. Uh, and then later on, I'd say about a week later, he posted the group photo of the NWA group. And he said, you know, this is family. And I'm not big on like posting online, but I saw that and I said, I got it. I got to shoot my shot. So I responded, even me? And he was like, of course you, Sal. And I was like, he knows my name. Sean Mooney knows my name. I've done it, guys. That's incredible. That'd be me.
1: Yeah. That'd be me if I was in your shoes. Oh yeah. I would have to I would have to meet the guy. i will tell you what as well, just to go into hit him and what he was doing in podcasting. His his prime time with Shaw Mooney, I I will say it now, it's done very well. It's charted highly as it should do in the wrestling charts. It was the best, it was the best podcast going.
0: And then he doesn't do it anymore, man. Yeah, he just bailed. Yeah, that's the oh. thing, it's like I'm, I'm hoping you know because like I, i'm waiting any day now I, I think honestly any day now i think we're going to have an announcement about power returning like i i just feel it in my bones yeah, this I'm is right. not inside information so you know don't no don't write the headline power no, coming back i wouldn't do it, that yeah uh, it, hopefully soon i i, I just got a sense that it's coming i feel that underswell uh, and I, one of the things I hope because you know it seems like every week when I turn on TV, somebody from Power is on TV, and I keep hoping. Let's get back before Mooney gets signed. Come on, <laughs> let's let's just, as long as you give me Sal Mooney, we'll make this whole program work. Who who do you want to you want work with
1: once it's back? Who who's on Sal's list?
0: Well, obviously, I mean, so like I said, twenty-one years. Uh, I've been loosely affiliated with with the NWA since the wild side days. So we're talking, uh, my first wild side show was November of 99. So, I mean, I've been, I've been affiliated with the NWA for a long time and I've never got a shot at the world title. So, uh, all this right now is performing on a big league level. I mean, he's, he, he, he's in that position for a reason. That's not a, that's not a, an accidental thing or a, Hey, we got nobody else. I, I don't mean to disparage him, but this isn't like a Ronnie Garvin situation where hey, we got to put the belt on somebody. Like, Alvis is the champion because he's the champ. Yeah, you know, he is a champion. Uh, and so he's he's definitely on my, I, I just one shot at the world title. I would love, you know, that's just one of those things where like, that is definitely a, a bucket list thing. I want to get a shot. At the NWA World Heavyweight Title, the one that I saw Flair carry, the one that I saw Dusty and and Harley and all those guys, I definitely want to. Uh, that that's number one on my list. But uh, there's a lot of guys there that uh, uh, I'm just such a wide array of guys. Like I think I can do fun stuff with Trevor Murdoch. Uh, I had I, I I did the one the karate exhibition with Aaron Stevens. I'd like to. Uh, I, I'm, I'd like to get a second go round with that.
1: Yeah, it was uh, cool. It was so good. I, I, I'm going to say what I said to Kyle, but I, you know, you haven't heard it. I, I, just said that 45, 50 minutes to an hour. It was so fast paced, and you got so much out of it. And then, you know, when the big, when the bigger companies are doing two, three hours, I can't sit through two, three. I was like I used yeah. to. I like yeah. power. Power was perfect in duration. Perfect. Absolutely, a bit yeah, like yeah. A, a bit like mlw fusion it's nice a nice and concise the way they do it's it
0: concise absolutely yeah. and this yeah. thing is like it's funny because if you would have told 10 year old sal like hey there's three hours of wrestling on monday night there's four hours of wrestling on wednesday night there's two hours of wrestling on friday night i'd be like yeah there should be this is the best but it it, it it's a lot to to bear as a fan uh and i mean i still watch it because i got well, what else i got going on right but uh i you know i i love wrestling so i'm gonna watch it but that power show this thing is like i i i'm so i'm so deep in the business at this point i'm so ingrained it's such a part of me that it's hard for me to subjectively watch wrestling uh I uh, there's there's times where I just watch it out of habit, and it's not even mm-hmm. I can't wait to see this. It's just on. I know it's on, so that's what it's on. But uh, th- I I like to use my son as the litmus test because that's that's the audience that they're trying to reach anyways. They've already got my money. They, you know, I, I mean like I mean a billion wrestling toys behind me. Yeah. I've got the network. I, you know, whatever. I, I, if they're selling it, I'm buying. But I like to use my son as a litmus test just to see if it's something that entertains him. And uh, he, he always looked forward to power. You know, he, he was excited about the new episodes. And especially, you know, going back to this, you know, me being an old man and you young kids with your short term uh, uh, attention span, he would sit through the whole thing without a problem. You know, uh, some of those, those three hour Raws are, are a struggle for him. Uh, but he, I mean, he would sit through power with with ease, and then still want more. They're like, oh, you'll get more next week."
1: <laughs> I, I'm not Sal. I'm not one of these people. I know, like internet internet wrestling community, man. Some of the bashing that goes on, I've never. Yes. I, I don't like to talk negatively about anything I see. It's there's too much of a forum for it, um, you know. And then other people believe what they're reading from other people who don't think for themselves. Absolutely, yeah. At the end of the day my my the thing i say to these people is could you get in there and do it no you couldn't could you could you spend all the time on the road no you couldn't so they're all very quick and and everyone everyone's a storyline writer as well they couldn't write they couldn't write wrestling yeah
0: it's too much negativity so i agree and this thing is like i'm real big on being a positive force you know, like yeah. i said like it, it's funny what what you know like they say kids will change you like, 100%, like, there's so much negativity out there that, like, I only try to surround my house and my friends and my kids and everything with positivity, because there's enough negativity without it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I tell, you know, like, if people come to me and complain, oh, I hate this, just don't watch it. It's like, like it's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Just don't watch it. I I watch it because I like it. I, I mean, I, like I said, part of it is just the habit of, well, Monday night I put on wrestling. Mm-hmm. But, like, I also couldn't imagine not putting on like I like. Lord forbid the Westminster dog show. Ruined my, you know, like it does, yeah. US Open, I still get that that fear when the US Open comes around. Like, don't you dare. They put it they, they put it on the ticker, don't they?
1: On the bottom yeah. of the screen.
0: You're like, get away. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like I, this thing is like, the, that's one thing I try to project too, is at the end of the day, I'm a wrestling fan. I love wrestling. I love pro wrestling. Love it, you know, like all forms of it. Like there's people that don't necessarily like the WWE product right now and that's fine again like if you don't like it don't watch it I you you're telling me there's a a show that features guys like AJ and Brian and Ricochet and Cesaro and you know Drew McIntyre who's insanely like poor guy like I I tell I say it a lot like the pandemic hit for me at the worst time possible just because like I was just starting to get my foothold in power and like there were so many good things that I had kind of heard through the grapevine that were coming. But man, as bad as I have it, poor Drew McIntyre. Oh, my <laughs> good oh, God, my. this I'll guy is on fire. Oh I mean, my days. He, he's the definition of everything you'd ever want out of a pro wrestler. And he's got this one moment at WrestleMania and can't do it in front of anybody. Like, oh man, like that's my heart goes out to him big time. Uh, but like again, I get to see him every week. Uh, yeah, I'll tune in. You got me. <laughs> you know, like he's so
1: good. He's been so good, man. And he had that. He had that time away, and uh, we're we're so proud. We're so proud of here. We finally had a UK world yeah, champion. Yeah. And um, it uh, was it was just the timing. But he, he he made he's he's made the best of it, and he, and he's
0: done he's absolutely done so well. Well, that's he, the thing is, like I think twenty years from now, it would be an interesting study to go back. Yeah, yeah. Do, like really view what this guy has done. I mean, because, and I mean, I know he's not alone, but I mean, he's been the face of the company, whether you want it to be or not, especially when Roman took his time off. Mm-hmm. Like, Drew was the guy that made sure, like, hey, there's got to be some kind of consistency and some kind of oh, champion. And like, I mean, his work has been beyond spectacular. I, I see negativity about him, and I've, and I've, heard, I've heard negativity.
1: I, I've, I've been I, yeah. I've been on Unreal. shows, and I'm like, no, no, no. And, and, then, and then they go to me, yeah, because he's from the UK. I said, that's got nothing to do with it. Take, take, the, take the nationality out of it. The guy, yeah. Brock, Brock Lesnar made the guy look a million dollars in the Rumble. Then they had the match at WrestleMania. Brock, yeah. Le- Brock Lesnar won't put you over if you don't think you've got it. it, it you know, it's
0: it's foolish. Dude. And that's the and thing is I think that a lot of it is people trying to have, I got a hot take. Drew McIntyre is not the guy oh uh, you're insane yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i, say I don't even know how else to
1: play. say it it's, say it, it to him guy. say it to him i dare
0: you <laughs> yeah no right, this thing is like so he's one of those guys uh the takeover where he was he was in the crowd yeah. i had taken i i taken both my boys down to that was in uh orlando so i took the kids down there for that whole weekend we went to the takeover uh to this day that hardy boy's pop one oh, like we were it was outside and that thing reverberated like that was un- and like that was one of those things that again like i know gallows i know some of those guys uh so i had kind of got the word but i did everything i could to protect that secret from my kids because like it was already ruined for me i didn't want to ruin it for them so when when new day came out and like uh xavier woods is one of my guys like he's i'm he, he's just one of my kids, and so uh, the my like my kids call him Uncle Austin, like you know, like woo, woo. so I had kind of gotten the word that like oh yeah there's you know, so when New Day came out, I could tell my 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 youngest son was like oh yeah I guess they should be in this match, and when that when that music hit, it was legitimately one of those no way is this real? It's like. You know, like both my kids gave me the look, like, "Is this really happening?" You know, and I, pure joy. But tying into Drew McIntyre the night before, when he was seated at Takeover, I had saw him take his seat. I didn't say anything. I, uh, my buddy that was with me, I was like, "Hey, hey, hey," you know. But like, I didn't tell my kid. So when it showed up on the monitor, he was like, "Wait, is that Drew Galloway?" I was like, "No, son, that's Drew McIntyre." <laughs> And, he, uh, he was stoked. so, like, he's got that connection with them. We're like, oh, I was there that night. He came Absolutely,
1: back. Absolutely. Moments you can't, you can't put a price on their moments, man. I, I I was watching that WrestleMania. We've got, um, there's, a, there's a city up in England, up, up the north near Scotland, quite away from Scotland. I was in Newcastle and it was a, it was a basically like a WrestleMania party. We were there for a bachelor party. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I've done seven Wrestlemania, Sal, but it was still cool because I was I was with the lads on this bachelor stag party. And uh, we we watched it there. We had like our own section. Uh, We had table service. But I just wish I was where you were uh, at the uh, at the orange. uh, I'm trying to think of the stadium. Because I, I went, oh, yeah,
0: now it's not the Orange Bowl anymore. Now
1: it's uh Camping World Stadium, Stadium. yeah. Because exactly. I was there for WrestleMania 20, uh, 24. Okay, yeah, I was there too. All yeah, right, man, there. we were both there, we uh, so yeah, just as you say, the Hardys look, look, look at the amount of years they've been doing it, man. It's Uh-oh, just oh, yeah, and still, and still prevalent now. It, it's just, it's, yeah, it's no, cool. it, it's, it's awesome.
0: And those are you know, those, like so. Like I was saying earlier uh, about, you know, like doing these podcasts reminds me of stuff. Uh, I just made a podcast a couple of weeks ago that I had totally forgotten about. But uh, I forgot at one point in TNA, uh, I did a spot where I was dressed up like th- Jeff Hardy. This is summer of 05, I think. Yeah. Where uh, they, this, yeah, I had to have been. So this is when Matt had gotten fired from WWE because the whole Edge and Lita mm-hmm. deal. And it looked like he was about to come to TNA. Well, uh, I forgot—I completely forgot I did this till I brought it up. So I did a spot at Slammiversary where Jarrett was supposed to be in the uh, King of the Mountain match, and uh, he didn't want to—he didn't want to lose the King of the Mountain match, so he was getting himself removed. So they had me dress up as Jeff Hardy, and he pulled me over the guardrail and blasted me with a guitar. And I completely—I mean, just, that wasn't even in my brain. And then somebody mentioned, "Oh yeah, and there's that time you dressed like Jeff Hardy." Like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I took a guitar shop from Jarrett. I dressed him like Jeff Hardy on pay per view. Yeah, I've had a good run. <laughs> it's so
1: cool, man. So, where where can we find you? I know you said about social media and that. Uh, where where can we find you in terms of social media? And also, if you need, to, if you want to plug, if you want to plug some stuff, plug away, man.
0: Okay, yeah, you can find me at Sal Renaro on Twitter. That's R-I-N-A-U-R-O, a a lot of vowels. I didn't pick the name. Uh, You can find me at Facebook, same name, Sal Renaro. I am on Instagram at Sal underscore Renaro because I am not technologically literate. And when setting up at Sal Renaro, I pressed the wrong button. So... (laughs) At Sal Renaro on Twitter, Sal Renaro on Facebook, Sal underscore Renaro on Instagram. I also have a, uh, a Pro Wrestling Tees store, mm-hmm. prowrestlingtees.com backslash Sal Renaro. I'm also, yeah, I'm also got these. You want to contact me about these? It's, uh, yeah, it's it's the, it's the uh, it's my pal Sal. Uh, I got these uh, for sale. You can uh, easiest DM me on any of the uh, social medias. I'll be more than happy to make that work for you. Uh, and that's about that's about it as far as uh, the the socials. Uh, like I, like I said, I've, I've been staying active around the Georgia scene. I've got uh, I'm doing the Larry Pro for uh, for Luke Gallows. Uh, I actually got that coming up this weekend. I'm wrestling uh, John Skyler, who I've known Skyler for a long time. I'm really looking forward to this. Is actually the second time I've ever worked him. The first time was uh, almost ten years ago. So, uh, I, he's come a long way and done a lot of things in that time. So, I'm looking forward to mixing it up with him. I've got uh, uh, Southern Fried Wrestling coming up, I've got uh, Peach State Wrestling Alliance coming up, and fingers crossed, you know, like we said, hopefully, we'll have NWA power up and running uh, sooner, much, much more sooner than later. Uh, and you can catch your pal, Sal. Uh, hopefully
1: (laughs) that's good that's good that you got stuff on the calendar with everything that's been going on that that's that's a good that's good to hear with the with the with the
0: uncertainty yes no i I, i've been very fortunate to stay active and busy through all this this craziness and uh hopefully we can uh we we can keep plodding through and uh have a good time on the other side my guest all
1: the way from macon georgia by way of california prior california California, <laughs> California, Enderway Power, Talon, Mr. Sal Renaro. Thank you very much for coming on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. It's been a blast, man. Really enjoyed oh, it. I've, I've had fun, thank man. Thank you for
0: having me. Thank you.
1: So cool, man. This episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV. So go and check them out for anything wrestling related, old events, new events when we come out of COVID. Podcasts, you name it. It's all there at PoweredForceV. So find them across social media. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?